Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. Welcome to the Tuesday tune-in, albeit 10 minutes late and with some funny headphones. Um, so yeah, it's... Um, it's all good that we're going to talk about kit today because already the equipment that I'm using to do the live has gone wrong. Um, but guys, thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you very much for your patience. It's always stressful when you do it on your own. And of course, all the system problems in the world just uh, come crashing down on me. Um, but yeah, so just to let you all know, obviously things look a little bit different. Um, the software we normally use to kind of go live is um, has failed us. Um, and also Andy had his vaccination yesterday. And as it turns out, yeah, he's don't respond too well to this vaccination i don't think the yeti testing protocol was quite up to speed so um, he's feeling a little bit under the weather um, but i've got him on my comments and stuff here so i'm pretty sure he's going to be watching um, but guys yeah welcome so today uh i thought you know i'm on my own what am i going to talk about left of my own devices obviously i'm going to talk about kit right so um yeah today you know like i always say we're going to talk a complete load of kit um you know i'm going to talk about some of the things that i've sort of learned on my trips and stuff like that so what equipment i actually use when i go to kilimanjaro everest base camp and all the other places I'm going to cover off some things, you know, we've had a couple of things about day packs come through. So I'll talk a little bit about the day packs that I use and, um, you know, what they're like and what different ones I might use for different trips. What ones we sort of put to get what, you know, my top five sort of things that I put in my day pack are for any trip. Um, and yeah, we can uh, go from there. And also any questions, anything like that, give us a like, give us a thumbs up, post a question in here. It'll get fed to me via Lauren on the phones. Um, and here's Andy as well. So I believe that might be an Andy comment as well. Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, it is Andy. Awesome. Shona Beard, Maindle Bhutan's. Um, yeah, we should, do you know what? We should start like a painted Yeti bingo. You know, if I say like Maindle Bhutan's and, and get someone's name wrong, <laughs> you know, and uh, mention my hair, then obviously that that that's Evertrek bingo and I'll send you a buff or something. Um, <laughs> but yeah, awesome. So guys, I guess, you know, I've got no one to sort of talk to here, so I'm just going to keep rabbiting on. Um, the first thing, so we're going to talk about is what boots do I favor on all of my treks? If I'm talking about trekking, if we're not talking about climbing, so I'm not going to be using crampons or anything like that, Maindle Bhutan's with the Trailblazer Superfeet insole. Um, that's been sort of revolutionary for me. I suffer with like a little bit of a bad knee. Um, it's mainly dust. Um, so yeah, having those and having the stability and stuff like that makes a huge difference. Um, so the other thing that I like to do as well is make sure that i'm tying them properly i did you know i wish i brought a pair of boots with me because i could actually demonstrate the way i tie my laces again in fact uh fee i think there's a pair of boots over there so i'm gonna i i, I may even demonstrate the way i tie my boots again using a pair of um the scarpers that andy i believe has very kindly taken with him oh no they're over there so we've got a pair of scarper boots here so um they're actually a pair of andy's ones the uh scarper I think they're called Shamex or Shamanex or something like that. That's not me mispronouncing uh, Chamonix. They, they are actually sort of that term. Um, and here they are. Here's here some we made earlier. So um, to move on for a little like, show and tell, these are actually Andy's latest boots. As you can see, he hasn't had a chance to get out and use them yet. 
Um, but these are brilliant, and these are actually sort of crampon compatible for a C2. So these are um, C2 crampon. So they got the whelk at the back. So the cage actually will, you know, you've got a little lever and it kind of like locks in place. But the front will have a toe cage. Um, and then you actually tie them up. And these potentially could be used for something. They're more of a light, lighter weight one, so they're actually quite a good hiking boot, but you'll see the difference if I, I can't even bend those. You know, that's the difference really between, you know, sort of a, a, an unrated hiking boot. If that was the main that I could bend it in half, something like this is stiff. It's really a tool that you use for climbing the mountain. Um, so probably not the best for actually hiking in. But if you're doing something like, you know, Chimborazo, Tupacal in winter, potentially even Island Peak and Mera Peak, this is the sort of boot you're going to be using. Um, it's got like double insulation. It's really thick. It's really tough. But it is you don't really want to trek to the mountain in that. Um, you're going to want to sort of, you know, have that in your bag. This is actually a really good boot because it's nice and light and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's great. And I suppose what I'll do is demonstrate how I actually tie my boots. Because normally... And this was shown to me by someone who um, I explained that I had some difficulties with. Um, and the reason is because I kept having like my foot slipping. So one of the things that I like to do, let's see if I can get the boot there, is rather than just working my way up the boot like so, you know, like so normally, you know, that's how people would tie them and the knot would be at the top by there. But that's not how I actually tie mine anymore. So what I might do here wrap it over maybe even wrap it over again close that tight and with that there that's not really going to move that much you know it's not going to sort of untie then i'll bring it up to the top cross over do another one and then another one then bring it down go around there like so then the knot actually sits in the middle of the boot so by doing this here, that's how I lock my boots in. So, and then I'll obviously just tie it, you know, there. So what that works with me is now that's proper locked in, but more importantly, the tension of the knot is actually on this part of my ankle, not the top part. So by having like the, the tension there, it means that my foot doesn't have a tendency to move forward. So yeah, that is a little uh, show and tell. I've done it before, but we've had a few questions about it. So I thought that I would uh, show it again. That's the way that I recommend tying your boots. There is probably as many ways to tie them as there are types of boots out there. Um, but tying my boots that way, really has made a difference with the support particularly if you do suffer with bad knees because one of the things is as you're going downhill if your feet are constantly jarring um, or your feet are moving in the boot basically that just goes straight up the leg and it'll find the problem so if you have a bad knee or a bad hip or a bad back that movement of your feet um, will find the problem and make it 10 times worse so having that stability in the boot really does make a big difference. And honestly, I was even struggling coming down Penavan in some boots, you know, a, a hill that I've been up and down hundreds of times. By changing the way that I tie my boot, by using the correct insoles and stuff like that, I came down Killy no problem at all. So yeah, it's a really, really good way to do it. Um, so yeah, and see Paula Brewer, she locks hers the same way. Awesome, awesome. Ah, Ramona, Jerome. Ah, do you know what? I really, really loved seeing your post guys, by the way. Um, you know, I just to like little sidestep into something, you know, the one thing that I know Andy, um, you know, had a vision of 
was that we're not just a, a a tracking company that's you know just sells a product and that's that you know customers come and customers go we really wanted to create a a solid community of people that were like us um and you know we we felt like it was really coming there and now actually now lockdown is over and seeing people that you know had you, you guys had no idea that anyone any other of that group that went hiking even existed and then you've come to Evertrek, you've met each other and now you're out in the mountains together doing some awesome trips that's awesome so yeah great shout out to um uh, i know it was ramona and jerome and i think that i know there were some others i think there was a fazakali or two out there as well um yeah call call me out if i didn't um yeah if i forgot you <laughs> lord james here and i don't use laces i use duct tape mate i've done that a few times myself as well always have duct tape in fact that might lead me on to the uh, top five things that i actually put in my day pack um now obviously what i carry in my day pack will change depending on sort of where i'm going and what i'm doing but there are some things that are just always in my day pack in fact they never leave my day pack until i have to replace them um and these things are like sort of you know the five type of essentials that i really just like really really can't do without sometimes i don't even use them but the peace of mind of knowing that these things are there really does make a big difference and actually you've bumped into the first one which is duct tape so gorilla tape duct tape anything like that it fixes everything i've fixed rucksacks i've used it as laces i've used it to prevent blisters before um you know i cut my finger and i wrapped it in duct tape to keep it there you know that it, it really is um something that i think every hiker should have in their uh, in their backpack because it'll just it'll fix everything i once had a, a strap break here you know so like you, you couldn't use the bag anymore and um yeah i just held it together duct taped it and it was fine you know and it was really really good um yeah hello to millie as well just tuned in awesome realize i haven't done many shout outs today as well so who've we got on you obviously ramona kim lawley as well hey how's it going um oh yeah she also used uh good for heel stability yep of course um charlotte uh blackwood has similar for winter awesome doug hey how's it going uh doug smith's actually uh um, one of our sort of long time ever trekkers did the ebc with us way back in the beginning and killy with us in february he's got those boots he bought them back in january good boots but he hasn't tried crampons on them yet tukbal in november yeah mate you'll uh you'll get up tukbal and uh, definitely have them who else have we got leah awesome um oh, andy wales oh andy yep you were there as well when it is jerome watching he had lead boots on yesterday was that you were uh, hanging about at the bit of a back mate that's okay you know <laughs> i once saw an article where it was um it was a line of wolves like walking and it kind of broke down where the pack was and the alpha he was at the back making sure that everyone was okay and going in the right direction and calling instructions and stuff oh francina how's it going great to see you again francina's one um i've been talking to her and her, her daughter sophia for a while i believe it's sophia francina uh if i get that wrong then i owe you a pint or sophie sophie i'm gonna go with sophie uh so that's half a pint i think um yeah so back onto the topic so yeah my top five things so w one of them is duct tape the other one is sunglasses i always have two pairs with me because i can't afford to lose them um if any of you um uh lord ash i'll come back to those keens in a minute but um yeah if any of you guys have been trekking at altitude and stuff like that the uh the uv rays is something that i actually you know quite consider um i remember reading into thin air 
and John Krakauer was talking about his hike to base camp. And one of the things that he talked about was actually getting sunstroke because of the strong UV rays at, uh, at an altitude. And I read that book years before I ever went there. So for some reason, it kind of just stuck in my head that I need to protect myself from the sun. And um, having sort of sensitive eyes anyway. Sophie, okay, half a pint because I said Sophia. Um, yeah, so... Um, yeah, so I was really conscious of that fact. So one of the glasses that I usually wear are uh, Jublos. Um, they're really, really good. They're designed for sort of outdoors, glacial travel, um, you know, high rays and stuff like that. So um, I definitely have a pair of them. And then I'll probably have just a pair of just regular sunglasses, um, but they'll both be in the back. They make a huge difference. And honestly, protecting your eyes, particularly if you are on a glacier. So I'm thinking if there's high sun and you're doing the Patagonia ice fields, um trek or something like that um that sun reflecting into your eyes you know you're going to need those sunglasses they're deadly important or vitally important i should say <laughs> um yeah the other one um moving on there believe it or not right this is it always lives on my keys as well and this is kind of weird see this here this little thing here that is brilliant if you're on a, like a multiple week two three week expedition it is actually nail clipper it makes a massive difference. I'm telling you, the amount of times I talk to people who have lost toenails um, and stuff like that, and look, that weighs nothing. It just sits on my keys and then it goes in my backpack when I'm out, out trekking, particularly on two or three weeks, because at the end of two weeks, you know, everyone's nails are probably in need of a trim. Um, and if you're still sort of going down, particularly, you know, the last part of the trip seems to be always downhill, there's always, well, I say not always, but, you know, there's usually a lot of downhill towards the end of any high altitude trip. Just, you know, you've got to lose that altitude somewhere. Um, and having these make a huge big difference um, because, you know, you don't want to damage your feet and anything like that. It's one of the one reasons that people sort of end up, you know, hobbling and to feel fine, to have acclimatized perfectly well, to, you know, not avoid all the sickness and just be feeling really strong and then not be able to walk because you've torn a nail or something like that. That's, yeah, not great, but always have one of them. Um, yeah, let's have a look. Uh, oh, Andy McNaughton and spare sunglasses just in case you break the jubilo. Exactly, mate. Just what I was saying, always have two pairs um, because, you know, to be fair, jubilos are a bit expensive, so I don't actually have two pairs of them, but I'll have just a regular pair of sunglasses sitting in the back because if you do break them, it really does just sort of <laughs> ruin your whole trip because not, not having them. I mean, to be honest, most of the time we can find, you know, usually find you a pair. Someone in the group will have a spare set, but by bringing your own and being a bit self-reliant makes a big difference. Um, so, yeah, so we've covered off uh, uh, nail clippers, vitally important. We've covered off duct tape. The other one that I'll always carry with me at all times is the sunscreen. Um, again, you don't really have to be sunburnt to be sort of affected by the sun. Um, a lot of these trips as well, particularly it became a um, when we were on Kilimanjaro back in February, one of the guys we went with, Steve, um, he really suffered with the sun. So when we went up Kilimanjaro, it never really felt like you were getting sunburnt. There was always a little bit of a breeze and stuff like that. But again, the high altitude, um, the sun's UV is a lot stronger as you kind of get higher. So it does make a big difference. And putting on that sunblock makes a real big difference. Um, one of the ones that I always use as well is like full factor 90,000 sunblock, you know, whatever the strongest one is, um, is the one I go for. I'm not interested in getting a tan when I'm going to EBC. Um, you know, I'm only interested in, you know, making sure that I don't burn and I don't get too negatively affected by the sun. He burnt his hands. He was actually filming the event for us. So if any of you have seen 
um, Kilimanjaro, the long way, our sort of film about it. He was the the guy that did all the filming. And but because his hands were always up holding the camera, they were exposed to the sun. And yeah, he got um, his hands really, really did burn. I'll find a photo of them actually and put it up on social media and be this is why you need sunscreen and um, yeah and stuff like that. Um, Let's have a look. So the next one. So what's in? Is it an Aussie thing? I actually don't know many people that have been bitten. Oh, okay. So um, one of the things I think we're talking about here is uh, bug spray and stuff like that. Do you know what? I usually buy it there in country, um, but I don't like the, the the strong deep stuff. You know, so it sort of. A, I had it on my hands one time, and I like rubbed my face, and all my lips blistered up. So I try and avoid the deep and use other stuff. I did try some. Um, was it? Uh, I think it was like the uh, oil of oil of ole, but I think it's ule ule now or something. They had like this citronella, like um, it was like a moisturizer with lots of like this citrus stuff in it, which is apparently supposed to be really really good. And um, actually, a long long time ago in a past life, I used to work construction on the railway, so being outdoors all the time, and um, that was like swarmed by by all the guys on the railway it makes a big difference. Um, so yeah covered off sunscreen that's vitally important um the other one which is kind of always there is any sort of medication and stuff like that that i might need basically what i'm saying is little first aid box now it should go without saying that all of our guides you know on all of our trips always have really really good um you know like first aid kits they're trained to use them they have a lot of specialist stuff as well to cater for things like you know diamox and things like that but, you know, in my one, it's pretty basic. Um, I call it the Brad Pitt kit because, you know, it's, it's, it's one of the ones that will help you if you get a bit of a tummy ache as well. Um, ah, that's it. Skin so soft. That's it. Laura Otter. Awesome. Skin so soft. That's the one. Um, everyone used to go on about it on the railway and stuff like that and um, talk a lot about how really, really good it was. I used it and I don't ever recall being bitten that bad. So I think that's it. So, um, yeah, I've kind of plugged the oil of Ole there, haven't I? So, yeah, send me some free stuff if you can. <laughs> Jokes. Um, but, yeah, so... Um, yeah, that's really good. Do you know what? Okay, uh, just based on all the conversations, I'm going to throw it in. Um, oh, it's an Avon product. Okay, so I've actually uh, <laughs> I've actually messed that up. But yeah, so um, yeah, I'm going to throw it in then. Okay, so we'll put that in. Um, but yeah, let's have a quick look. So getting skin so soft is Avon and it's awesome. Yeah, a lot of people correcting me. As you can tell, I haven't bought any skin products door to door for a very, very long time. And when I did, that was all wrong um yeah so again moving on um the other thing that i always put in there as well is one of those rain ponchos um i actually forgot all of my waterproofs when i went to kilimanjaro full disclosure not everything goes well even the you know being vastly experienced you can be really silly and um, all of my waterproof gear was all in one separate bag and when i packed for some reason it didn't end up in there um being on kilimanjaro as well you always have like these little showers in the afternoon and things like that and um yeah uh, that little like tiny two pound fifty poncho that i had made a massive difference yeah it really really did take the edge off um yeah and uh let's have a quick look now for midges i look at um what's it called cubby's midge salve Oh, and apparently you can get skin so soft on Amazon as well. It's on special offer. So, yeah, check that out, guys. I love it how these, uh, you know, the, you never know which direction these lives are sort of going to go in. You know, um, it, seems, it seems like Avon, uh, you know, they, they've, got a, they've got quite a good uh, following in the trekking community. I wonder if they even know. <laughs> but, yeah, um, mini umbrella is good to keep in your kit. James, I don't even know if you're joking about that, but 
I actually am in favor. Andy will actually tell you a story of the time when we went to um, EBC together in 2017. We went a bit early in September and hit the monsoon and walking down from Lukla, we got to Facting, perfect weather. Had lunch, leaving Facting to go to Lukla on the last day, few spots of rain within 10 minutes, full monsoon downpour, just completely drenched. Rivers running through the streets. It was insane. And um, being the martyr that I am, I gave my waterproof jacket away um, to one of the customers that didn't have one and thought, I'll be okay. You know, I'm a hardcore trekker. I hadn't trekked through monsoon rain like that before. So yeah, I walked into this little shop, uh, found a Nepalese guy who had a stall and I was like, find me an umbrella. I have all the money. (laughs) And so, yeah, I literally walked from pretty much facting to look up with a little umbrella, like a tour guide. Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) <laughs> and so yeah don't regret it but needless to say when i did arrive at Lucklow a little bit late and andy saw me with the umbrella he had a few choice words for me <laughs> like it, it didn't factor into the hardcore trekking image i don't think but um yeah i was really happy with it so do you know what um this is like the reverse room 101 that's what i should have called it so rather than throwing things in to get rid of we're gonna put things in the yeti's day pack okay so um i should have started that from the beginning shouldn't i so what's going in the yeti's day pack guys so we've got mini umbrellas we've got duct tape we've got um sunscreen we've got spare sunglasses we've um you know we've got uh, pretty much everything so yeah recommendations for the yeti's backpack please um (laughs) yeah awesome um yeah so what i'll do now i think i'll move on and actually take some questions i think because um without andy to kind of sort of direct me i might have a tendency to like rab it on a little bit um but yeah let's have a quick look so the first question is from Andrew uh, Corran, Corran, Corran. Um, so he's booked the Ultimate Island Peak and EBC trip in April 2022. And his questions regarding drinking water. Good question. Is the water available from the tea houses filtered or does it need additional treatment, purification, tablets, etc.? So uh, this is going to be a long list, of <laughs> the longest list of five ever. Yeah. Thanks, John. Yeah, I really appreciate your comments. Um, yeah. So all of our water on all of our trips is given to you um, purified and safe to drink. Um, we're really quite proud of this, actually, that um, early on and as was done for decades, the way to purify water was you get it from a local water source that can be, you know, a tap in a lodge or it can be glacial runoff. Most of the time it's glacial water that's then melted, boiled and um, given out. And then we would then further purify that with um, the chlorine tablets or chlorine drops. Now, the problem with that is that it does make the water safe to drink, um, but it's not immediately safe to drink. It can take 15, 20 minutes and it tastes kind of rubbish and you can get a bit of heartburn and stuff like that and acid reflux from the chlorine. Um, So we decided to invest in these water filters. And I'm really proud to say that we were one of the first companies, if not the first, um, to actually introduce this sort of company-wide in the Kumbu, in Nepal, um, and all of our guides now are equipped with these filters um, and they um, purification filters that filter out 99.99999% of everything. Um, they do a lot more than the chlorine drops as well because they don't just get rid of all the like bacterias and viruses and stuff, but all of like heavy metals and dirt that might actually make the water taste horrible. Um, and we trialed that out and yeah, they worked absolutely brilliant. So yeah, that's what you'll be given. The only exception would be a Gorek Shep um, where the, the water is like often, you know, frozen or it's not very sanitary at all. Um, 
and so what we tend to do then is encourage people only there to drink the bottled water um just because it's always better to you know you know stay you look after yourself first and stay safe and healthy um so yeah that's the only time that we'll do that so yeah just diving into the comments here zinc oxide tape do you know what brilliant yeah really good stuff um uh it was used on killy by quite a lot of people um who had some blisters and stuff like that so yeah really good for blisters um another thing to always have in the bag is sweets do you know what john that might have been my number five my little pick-me-ups um so when i go to ebc you know i'll get those like drumsticks you know those little sweet drumsticks and you can just have one of them one of them in the last 15 minutes you know is great um and they do make a, a big difference when you need them so yeah um little sweets little pick-me-ups and stuff like that a lot of people drink uh uh drink like energy tablets and stuff or use gels um but i also like the dextro energy things you know it's just basically like pure sugar um pure glucose really but it gives you a real kick you know and it, it can be the difference between bonking and just like kind of hitting the ground hard and or having them as well um okay move on to another question from i believe this is bella um quick question she's interested in a trip do we pack normal suitcases and then condense everything into the duffel bags when you're about to go on the trek? If this case, where do you leave the non-trek stuff? Um, so yeah, so you can arrive, say you're going on EBC, you can arrive in Nepal with just a normal suitcase and then we will give you your Evertrek duffel bag. You transfer everything you have into the Evertrek duffel bag and then um, go to the trip and everything that's left will be securely locked away in the hotel for your return. And when I say secure, I mean very secure. It's really difficult to actually get at it. Not even I can get access to it, um, even if I need to, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's really, you know, secure and safe there. In Kilimanjaro, um and tanzania and some of our other destinations we haven't quite got the um, bags supplied yet in the number that we can give out so you are able to rent them but the same principle applies you know you can turn up with a suitcase um put everything into the duffel bag even if you have to rent it and then store everything there safely um and do we pack for 15 kilos well in the uk so no um most international airlines you have about 30 30 kilos that sort of thing um but 15 kilos is the weight limit for when you're on the trip and that's for all of your gear um that was one of the other points i was perhaps going to touch on which was i do get a lot of questions saying you know, 15 kilos you know how am i going to pack for that honestly it really can be done if you just pack smart um, you don't need five of everything. You don't need three fleeces. You don't need, you know, 20 base layers and two types of rain jacket and stuff like that. A lot of people tend to overpack because they're not sure what they're going to need. And that's completely normal. Um, but actually, you know, I think that it you need to just remind yourself that although you are going to a remote part of the world, you do have the support of your guides. You can ask those people what you need and what you can leave out. Um, and I can pack everything down to 15 kilos now on every trip that I go on. 15 kilos, everything included, nice and easy. I might cheat and wear some of my heavier stuff, but yeah, that's uh, that's what you need. Um, Niaz as well is booked for Killy. And as a question on kit, what kit do we carry with us and what kit do the guides carry? Do we have any recommendations for head torches? Um, so basically you will carry all of the day stuff that you need um, every, you know, so on any hike that you go on. So waterproof jackets, snacks, the top five things that I've said there. Um, and yeah, and that's pretty much, you know, it, you know, camera, water, snacks, waterproof, and maybe an insulation layer as well. Um, and then all of the other stuff. So everything else so say you're carrying you know five seven kilos in your rucksack the remaining you know 
10 kilos or, or whatever is in your duffel bag and that's what the guides are going to carry for you, uh, the porters are going to carry for you so you'll see that bag in the morning and you'll see that bag in the evening for the rest of the night but then during the day the porters they're they're gone and up the hill and everything you need is in your backpack the guides will also give you a little bit of um advice as well um every night no matter what trip you're on you'll have a little brief about the following day so if the guides know you know it's going to be cold they'll give you advice on what to pack in your day pack so you don't have to worry about anything any recommendations on head torches uh, i use a black diamond head torch um the petzl tika is quite really popular as well um i recommend a battery powered one um rather than sort of a usb powered one because charging them can be quite difficult if they are a, a usb only um but um, rechargeable batteries are often quite good because they'll last the whole trip but you don't have to throw them away so yeah hopefully that's all good for you niaz um let's have a quick look now any questions coming on now so heidi um a good th uh, so a recommendation for a good thermal layer worried about being cold good thermal layer is to be honest, your down jacket is the is the best thermal layer that you'll actually have. So when you're on Killy and in your sleeping bag, if you are cold, you can put your down jacket on and that's normally enough um, to keep anyone warm while they're in a bag. Um, to be honest, I use a, a Rab um, mid-layer fleece. Um, it's quite lightweight because I tend to run quite hot. Um, but, you know, something like a 200 weight sort of fleece um, is going to be really, really, you know, kind of warm. Um, the Polar Tech line stuff as well tends to be really warm. Um, to be honest, I think they, it, you shouldn't really rely ever on one piece of kit to kind of keep you comfortable in any scenario. It's all about layering. The same thing goes for when you sleep. So you have your sleeping bag, you can get a sleeping bag liner that can make a difference. Um, and then it's about like adding layers to the body. So if it is really cold, you can sleep with gloves on, with a neck warmer and a down jacket. And almost always that's enough to keep people, you know, perfectly warm on Killy. The temperatures never get too extreme that you have to worry about anything other than what I've mentioned. So yeah, hopefully that's good. Um, that's moving on. So a couple of comments coming in as well, guys. So uh, Laura Otter, what sleeping bag would you recommend for Killy? I use a Rab Accent Ascent 700, um, which I use for EBC and Killy. For me, it hits that sweet spot where, um, you know, it's perfect for all of those types of trips. Um, I would say, you know, three to four season is 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 going to be enough. Um, and then you can kind of go one way or the other, depending on whether you run hot or cold. So if, if you run really hot and, you know, you're kind of like me and you, you tend not to need so much insulation, um, you know, three to four is fine. And then if you really do cold, you are cold and you're worried about the cold, you can get four and then four extreme and stuff like that. So maybe that that can help you. Um, Dave, lightweight boots. Um, I I only use the I, the Mandels are really good. I, I, they are quite heavy. Um, the Hocker One One boots they're really super lightweight and super cushy. Um, so if you want a lightweight boot that's like super cushioning and stuff like that and uh, impact absorbing, check out the Hocker One Ones. Um, they're really really good. I struggled to find a size that worked for me, but I didn't play around with insoles or anything like that. Um, but yeah, Hocker One One. Try those ones. Super lightweight, super cushioning. Um, they're not crampon compatible. They are just hiking boots. But yeah, they're really really good. Lots of fell runners use them actually because um, they are you know really super lightweight. But but um, but like I say, very cushioning. Um, and let's have a look. So uh, Mark Toyn, EBC. Can we charge the electrical gear at each tea house? Um, the answer is yes and no. So. 
yes you can they do charge for it so i would recommend bringing your own power bank um because it will save you quite a bit of money um charging it at every lodge can get expensive but also as you get higher in altitude a lot of the electricity is solar powered so if there's a bit of bad weather and stuff like that the power can just shut off and then you you, you know you've got no option then but to rely on stuff that you've bought yourself or or the generous donations from friends who have a power bank with you so yeah um let's have a quick look now so wayne smith scheduled to go to the himalayas on the 1st of october awesome mate in aid of the alder hay children's uh charity uh you've been issued a general list of items clothing etc but is there any special items which would help me along the way which could have been missed off the list by the charity um all of the things that I mentioned earlier about putting in the bag, they will be helpful for you. Hopefully you would have been given a sort of all-inclusive sort of list. I'd need to see the list really to see if there's any glaring omissions. Um, but generally speaking, um, most sort of um, you know trekking lists that you're given specifically will get you there or thereabouts. But if there's anything you're particularly worried about, drop me a message and I can uh, glance over it and see if there's any glaring omissions for you. Awesome. Let's have a quick look now. So, uh, Kath Jones, I've booked for the Chimborazo trek. Awesome, Kath, you're going to love it. Um, in February 2023, really like lightweight boots due to the back and hip injuries. Yep, I hear you. Um, but can I get such a thing to use with crampons or do I need full expedition boots? So, this boot might actually be a good recommendation for you this is although it's a really stiff and it is crampon compatible it is a lighter weight boot so that you know it's not going to be as light as a light lightweight trekking boot but it's not going to be as heavy as a full-on um you know high altitude mountaineering boot so um yeah this is actually a really really good boot and i'm gonna try and find the name of it doug uh if you're listening can you do it so it's the scarpa shamos c-h-a-r-m-o-z scarpa shamos hd try that there scarpa are really really good you can't go wrong with these boots you know they really know what they're doing um they're tried and tested um and this is probably more of a lightweight one what i'd be more concerned is if you uh, wanted a lightweight pair of hiking boots to have a pair of crampon compatible boots um, that fit you and are comfortable in the bag and you can kind of chop and change when you need to when you have to have the crampons on you can put these on when you don't need them you can put on the lighter weight hiking boots you know so a lot of our trips with the mixed stuff like that you can sort of um, chop and change um andy mcnaughton jones how's it going buddy uh, how wide is the toe box on that boot these are actually pretty wide i haven't got the exact specs but scarpa although they're sort of an italian make they tend to be wide enough i suffer with the wide boots so the la sportiva boots they're they're always too narrow for me um, but scarpa actually seem to be really good and i run a wide foot so i will have to find out exactly though what the actual dimensions are um but just from a general speaking they're quite wide uh well wide enough for me and i run wide anyway so that's just you know feet up <laughs> um awesome gonna move on to some more questions now let's have a quick look so charlotte blackwood you have a three to four se season sleeping bag uh, that says down to minus two 
will that sleeping bag liner make this warmer on a cold night yes it will minus two is more uh, i would say more three than four season remember i say three to four can be it is a bit of a spectrum so some of them are closer to three some of them are closer to four if that's the extreme temperature so that's like it'll keep you alive temperature that's going to be you know a really three you know if it's a minus two comfortable then i would say yeah a liner a liner and you know minus two comfortable is is you know going to be good for stuff like Killy and, and ebc um but yeah probably that's going to be more closer to a, a three season than a four um let's have a quick look now do porters carry some of the hikers kits on everest treks or do the trekkers carry all their kit that's from barbara um all of our trips are porter and guide supported for a number of reasons um first of all it makes things a lot lot easier for people like us to be able to achieve those trips um some people do choose to take their carry their own bags not on our trips but on others and the success rate drops significantly because adjusting to altitude while putting the body under such demand is um is going to be you know really it's not going to help you acclimatize secondly we do like to give back to the community so providing jobs for those porters supporting them supporting their progression through to being guides and stuff like that makes a big difference for their future makes a big difference for the future of our trekkers as well so you know and it's really great to see some of the porters that you might get to know and see carrying bags you might see on the trails a year or two later acting as a, an assistant guide and better language skills and stuff like that and um, providing them an education and a job is is super important so uh, to be honest even if we didn't need them to carry it we still probably would because um, it's the right thing to do um, yeah awesome having a look oh charlotte's come back her bag is uh, extreme minus eight so that's going to be fine so extreme really you, you want to look at the comfort one primarily because that's what you can have the bag in it can be minus two around you you're in the bag you're comfortable minus eight is it'll keep you alive at minus eight so yeah awesome um let's have a quick look here so andrea wanted to book in for island peak next april uh just wanted to revisit the kit needed for that element of the trek do you hire boots crampons ice axes etc to save on luggage and weight if so what boots do you recommend or do you have to bring your own what boots do you recommend so you can rent everything that you need um from island peak base camp well actually it's from chukung which is just right by island peak just up from dingboche um so you can rent everything that you need including boots if you want um to go to the summit of island peak and that's for the whole the whole summit and down again um the boots if you want to bring your own you can some people like to bring their own because if you can't find a pair of boots that are really comfortable that summit of island peak and back down again is going to be a long drawn out process for the feet so um yeah i think would perhaps recommend bringing my own again something like this is more of the lightweight option but you're thinking b2 um upwards there are some boots that are specific for 6000 meter himalayan peaks they've got the outer plastic layer and stuff like that um but you definitely want a C2 at least. So you've got the crampon well at the back. You can see that little ledge there. That's where the crampon will fit onto with the cage on the front. That'll give you a much secure fit for things like Island Peak. Other crampons like a C1, they have the cage at the back and the cage at the front, but that does allow for some movement. So um, probably not as secure as you would need. So hopefully that's all good. Um, Let's have a quick look. So moving on now to all the questions. Hopefully my sound is still pretty good as well. Um, 
Ah, okay, yeah, getting some advice now on the scarvers and stuff like that. Awesome. So Chris Ray has asked, what about SIM cards for the EBC trip? Price and how many? So SIM cards, this is an interesting one. So I've been to EBC many a time and I've never I've never bothered buying a SIM card. Um, I usually just use a, a data pack and stuff like that for when I'm in Kathmandu. When you're on the mountain, that's pretty much the longest time you're in Nepal for is when you're in the mountain. So when you're in Kathmandu, there's plenty of Wi-Fi around in all the cafes and bars and hotels. So you don't really need a SIM card for that. Um, you can do Wi-Fi calls and stuff really easily. When you're in the mountain, I recommend instead of getting the SIM cards, buying the scratch cards that you scratch off. It gives you a little password that you can go on to the Everest Link Wi-Fi system and you can use those. So Everest Link is a shared Wi-Fi system pretty much from Namche onwards um, and join in on that then with that scratch card. Buy it in Namche and you can get like a 20 gig or a 30 gig, I think, which is enough for the whole trip. So usually what I'll do is get to Namche, buy a scratch card, scratch it off. That's going to last me then for the rest of the trip so I can get on Wi-Fi and send messages and stuff like that. If you do want to uh, get a SIM card, um you have to uh, <laughs> leah was that just a dog if you want a sim card um you do have to like hand over some documents and and properly get it registered and you need a phone that'll accept it and stuff like that so it can be done there's loads of telecommunication shops all the way in Kathmandu. um you know so you just literally walk in and, and ask for a local sim card that'll work with your phone and yeah easy as that price not entirely sure it depends on the on the what you want to do so yeah uh rosie danes oh my god wi-fi on the mountain never expected that what about killy um there is no wi-fi on killy definitely no signal for the first four days and for the second four days you will get some signal as well um so on your phone you can get 3g 4g and stuff like that and i did make a few calls so yeah always worth um getting that if you're on vodafone i think it's five pound a day and then you get to use your normal allowance um so it is quite expensive but nowhere near as expensive as most roman stuff and uh leah yeah that was a dog that was penny the ever dog i don't know where she's gone now um but she might be going here Pen penny no i'm not going to make weird dog callie sounds on the live but she is around somewhere yeah she's great uh okay let's have a quick look now uh, Carrie Swepson, what size day pack would you recommend? And would a two-liter bladder be enough? So, do you know what? This question comes around a lot, and it's quite it's quite interesting. So, 25 to 35 liter day pack. That's a really good ballpark. Um, I tend to perhaps use towards the smaller. If you asked Andy, he would use towards the larger. I think the 30 liter Osprey Talon is a perfect starting place. It's pretty much a do-it-all bag for all the trips. Um, and a two-liter bladder is going to be, you know really really enough for you because you're gonna have plenty of water in the morning you're gonna have plenty of water in the evening um, when you're in camp you just need enough water to get you through the day you'll also have a lunch stop where we can top the water up so there's no need to carry like a three four five liter bladder with you full of water because each liter of water is a kilo you know so be conscious of that i use a 1.5 liter or a two liter bladder depending on which bag i'm using um and yeah that's enough for when i'm walking and i'll top up the rest later penny oh so i nearly nearly got a little dog for you there um awesome so yeah having a quick look so uh so yeah ramona took a conference call on the way to ebc with a scratch card ramona why are you taking conference calls in ebc come on there it's supposed to be a, it's supposed to be a a trip to get away from work but then i know what you're like with a lovely old building you know you'll uh you can't stay away um awesome so peter fuller are portable solar power banks any use 
I've not used any. Andy's tried out a few. Um, they're a bit hit and miss, really. The last ones I tried, they weren't top of the range. They charged my my stuff a little bit, but again, where we're going, the weather's quite changeable. So if there's cloud in the sky and that lasts for two, three days, then you know you, you're going to go two, three days without a charge. So I always rely on the power banks initially um, that I'll bring with me. The good thing is as well, I can use them over and over and over again. I've had the same ones for years and they just, they're just really reliable. I use the Anchor power bank um, and it really depends. Some people go away and they turn their phone off and they don't want to use it. I like to stay a little bit connected or, I, or at least I like to have the option to stay connected. Um, you know, if I need to, you know, send some pictures or do some updates with people that are really excited about my trip. I know a lot of you guys will be in the same situation. That that can be, you know, really nice thing to do as well. And also to let your family know that you've made it down okay. Um, Haley Brimble, is Marina wool itchy? I don't think so. I think it's fine. Some people might say it is, but I think it depends on the brand. So I've ordered a lot of icebreaker stuff, um, which is quite expensive again. Um, you know, you could be looking at 30, 40 quid for a base layer, but it's really good. I run hot, which means I sweat a lot. So the merino wool for me is is perfect. It's, it's revolutionary. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's itchy at all. But I guess it depends on your skin. Use some skin so soft. <laughs> um, let's have a look. Uh, Kathy Baldwin has said, skin so soft has changed the ingredients, so now no longer suitable for insects. That is terrible. Terrible, terrible news. Um, yeah, so back to the D it is, I guess. Um, okay, so I think that's pretty much caught up now, unless Lauren gives me a little elbow in the ribs that I've missed something out. Um, but yeah, having a look at this. Uh, thanks for trying, Dave. Might have to send over some Scooby sites for Penny. Oh, Leah, I've, as well. I don't know if I've actually shown you this as well. But um, up here, see my little trinkets. Can you see it, Leah? Can you see it? There, this is really difficult. I'm not a weatherman. That was sent all the way from Australia. I'm not going to do the accent. That would be rude. But, um, but yeah, I tend to keep everything that people send. Um, and actually, the other thing that I might point out as well, whilst we're sort of plugging things that people have sent in, by the way, you don't have to send stuff in. Uh, Ramona's uh, in incredibly talented uh, partner, Gaz, has sent me through um, some really awesome CDs. Um, I won't actually listen to this one, but it was really good. Um, sort of like acid rock sort of stuff, you know, it's really, really good. Um, so yeah, sent me those, brilliant. I listen to them in the car all the time. Um, yeah, awesome. Uh, see, it looks so cool. No worries. Yeah, Leah, I loved it. It was great. I had no idea what was in there, but we got all the coasters out there where we have lunch and everything like that. Um, I think we had a name for the koala, but I can't remember what his name was. But I guess I'll put that open to the group, right? Who wants to name the koala? Um, awesome. But guys, I think I've caught up with everybody's questions. Um, I'll give it a couple of minutes just to be sure that... Um, I haven't missed anyone, but if anyone's got any last minute things they want to get in, just let me know. Again, thank you very much. I need a drink so bad. It's really, really different doing it like when there's just one person. I'm used to Andy being there and, you know, asking me questions and poking me and, you know, Dave say that, you know, so um, to do it on my own tense, I feel like I'm rabbiting on, but um, hopefully it's been good. Um, I can see guys as well. So Kumbu the Koala it was, uh, shown up. That was it. I knew we named him. Do you know what? Uh, I'm actually going to have to get a new sign made. So, Fee, I think we need to uh, get a new sign made. Um, so, as you can see, Betty the Yeti has a sign made. Um, I need one for Kumbu the Koala. So, um, we actually have a, a good sign man. It's also known as um, uh, Fee's fella, Tom. <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah awesome uh you missed mine i will ask it next week lee what was it ask it now we've got time um i'm gonna find it if i if you don't ask it again and then i'm gonna forcefully answer it so lee 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 where are you i can't see it lee can you ask it again please and i shall get it done um because i try to get everyone's in but sometimes you know i just uh don't quite get them through but anyway yeah so let's have a look jerome uh, kathy Haley. There we go. Lee, okay, okay, I've got it. You're traveling to Killy and you want to take your rucksack on the flight with me. Say if I have five kilos in my rucksack, can I only pack 10 kilos in my case? Is that correct? I can't get my head around this. Right. Okay. So when you're going to Killy, you on the international flight, you can take as much as you want. 15 kilos is um, the limit that you need when you actually go on the trek and it's about looking after the porters and the weights that they carry. So you can take your rucksack on with you. I usually take my rucksack on with me as my sort of um, hand luggage on the flight. Um, but I honestly, yeah, I don't know what the weight is. Often more, what, seven, seven to 10 kilos for hand luggage, something like that. But you can pack like as much as 20, 30 kilos altogether. That's totally fine. When you get to the hotel in Tanzania, um and you, the night before the trek you're going to be packing the duffel bag and getting it all ready there's a weighing scale right by the hotel um and you can go there and make sure that it's the correct weight um and then usually what happens is you go there you hang it on the hook you weigh it 22 kilos awesome now i need to lose seven kilos so then you go back and you have a look at what you what you've got in there okay do i need five packs of haribos no i'll take one okay do i need four jackets no i'll take one and you can usually wheel it down that sort of way um yeah it's quite it's quite amazing the stuff that people actually want to take on these trips but guys that's been awesome i think i'll hopefully that was it and i answered it um if uh, if i didn't feel free to ask it next week or send me an email um and i'll get back to you right away guys it's been awesome thank you very much for tuning in normal service uh, service will resume next week um with the head yeti with me as well otherwise take care have an awesome day and i'll speak to you soon take care Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Mountain Malarkey podcast. Um, yeah, that was something a little bit different, wasn't it, from the Tuesday tune-in, but I yeah. hope you enjoyed it. I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, Ant. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks. Now, if, uh, if you've enjoyed it, don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. Um, you know, all these uh, podcasts we put together, the episodes, trying to reach as many people as possible. And if it's helped you, leave us a lovely review. Um, and yeah, we'll see you again next week. Yeah, all the best, guys. Bye. I'm